welcome to the Business Expresso Podcast. I am Laura Leman, your host, and if you're here, it's to know about the latest insight of companies and industries, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how does it affect our lives, given to you simple, straightforward, and with no sugar coating. All the things you're supposed to know, but maybe didn't have the time to know fully. Let's get started. today's podcast, I'm going to talk about fast fashion, which can be a bit controversial. I hear on a daily basis, oh, fast fashion is so bad for the environment. Oh, fast fashion and human rights. Yet, after the first lockdown was over, the first store with a line in the cashier was Sarah. And even during lockdown, despite that weird website situation going on, the sales still went on. I saw at least 10 Sarah haul videos a day on TikTok, which to me seems very contradictory. Today, I'll give you the real insight on why it is in fact affecting our lives, hopefully enough to demonstrate the impact fast fashion has in the world. I'm going to talk about two fundamental aspects, the environmental impact that everyone knows it has, but I don't think they understand fully the damage it causes, and also all the social implications, who's behind every t-shirt, the human labor exploitation, and how close it can be to home. And also, the cream on top. Anything you as a consumer can do if you care to attend this issue. All this in a very simple and easy to understand fashion. No pun intended. Let's get something straight. What is fast fashion? So, history talk real quick. Some people relate the beginning of fast fashion to the 1990s when New York City was introduced with Sarah. The New York Times described this new phenomenon and used the term for the first time because of its fast production model. After that, brands just followed because they were amazed by the response of the public. People were so incredibly happy by seeing the speed in which catwalk trends became streetwear in a matter of weeks and created what we now know as H&M, Topshop, Forever 21 and all those other brands, which produced clothing in record record time. If we were to analyze, what all of these brands have in common is that they can be grouped into the following. Low price, trendy, and rapid production and disposal. Before all of this happened, fashion brands followed the weather seasons, so as we know them, winter, summer, autumn, and spring, in order to come up with a new line. Now, all these type of brands would have created are micro seasons, so 52 all year round, which would signify almost a collection per week. Which sounds insane, but companies like H&M get shippings daily of new styles. Others like Topshop introduce 400 styles per week on their website, which all seems amazing for meeting consumer demands. But is there a hidden cost? Maybe. Basically, fast fashion is the production of high quantity of clothes in small periods of time in response to the latest trends. So if we combine all of the concepts, do you really believe that a t-shirt that replicates a three-day-year-old trend that costs less than the same ticket has gone through proper quality control? Um, maybe not. In full disclosure, fast fashion brands tend to sell consumers the idea that design clothes become unfashionable in weeks. Add that to clothing that is produced to last less than three months, added with very low prices, it's the perfect combination that leads consumers to buy a huge amount of unnecessary clothing. 
So did we stop caring about quality when we prioritize quantity? And if so, how does that work? In other terms, consumer capitalism, which is an economic condition where consumers' demand is manipulated through mass marketing techniques. They lead consumers to purchase based on wants and not on needs. So, for example, in movies and in series, we've heard multiple times, oh, shopping is my therapy, which I'm not gonna lie, I used that one before. Because shopping now is related with happiness and power, but the gratification can also be temporary. Okay then, why is there so much talk around the environmental impact of fast fashion? Even though it's one of the most known issues apparently, I'm certain everyone is somewhat aware of what the impact is, yet I am also very certain they're not aware enough. Just to give you an overall picture, annually the fast fashion production process creates an equivalent of 1.2 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions. Switch into perspective, it, that's around the equivalent of international flights and shipping emissions combined. To put you more into perspective, in 2018, only the global fashion industry, just that, emitted as much greenhouse gases as France, Germany and the UK combined. Which is a huge amount, especially just for one industry, and one we don't tend to relate that often with environmental sustainability. So, why does it have such a huge impact? Well, a polyester t-shirt that, just so we're clear, its fibers are made out of oil, which can cost less than 15 pounds, produces 5.5 kilograms of carbon footprint. And that's only one part of the issue. One of the less discussed side effects is the biodiversity loss generated by the industry. So either the habitat loss, the degradation due to agriculture, or deforestation for raw materials. For example, cotton, which is commonly promoted as a good replacement for because of the lower emissions, which are 2.1, so please make an emphasis in good. Compared, it also requires an excessive amount of land and water. By excessive, I mean 20,000 liters to just make one kilogram of clothing. To make it even worse, it is often produced in areas where high or extreme water stress. So in places like China or in India where water is already a very scarce resource. Oh, and add to that equation the use of fertilizers and insecticides because the land does not work hard enough for the demand of cotton. Fashion brands are now producing almost as twice the amount of clothing compared to the year 2000. So why are we more aware? And let's say I'm not blaming us, the consumers, for not trying to find out. But in this case, I'm only blaming the brands because they're not transparent or taking accountability. They're not being accountable for where all the raw materials are coming from how they're obtaining it, or simply not giving it the relevance necessary. So we got it. Fast fashion is based on the concept that clothing should not be worn more than a few times. All these practices, 
lead to an amount of textile waste you guys cannot imagine and they end up either incinerated or in landfills or exported to developing countries and does not this includes all the items that were not sold and that's because the companies simply don't care it doesn't affect its profits and they're easily thrown away just so you have a picture of it globally 140 pounds worth of clothing go into landfill each year which is an insane amount of clothes just for a picture approximately 30 million items of clothing end up in landfills each week in the uk so by 2024 uk was no has no more land where to put all those items according to global statistics all this happens within years of the products being made and big brands are aware of the problem or maybe they're aware that consumers are aware of the problem so many labels end up making conscious collections made out of recycled or upcycled fabrics just to put a nice image in front of their very unethical practices right yet and here's my problem with this whole situation is that not longer than October 2020, a group of volunteers found in Sri Lanka next to the known Wild Elephant Corridor, thousands of hundreds of H&M labels dug up on the surface, which is extremely forbidden and extremely contaminating because these type of materials take years to decompose. The worst part of the whole situation is that H&M is still to understand what happened. They have no clue how those labels ended up there. But maybe, and this is just a suspicion of mine, the workshop that supplies them clothes that just follows orders might have something to do with it. But again, it's only a suspicion. So all of this greenwash process that these type of brands do, it's not exclusive of fast fashion. It has become a very common trend because the more the brand shows it cares about the environment, the better. And it's usually to take away the guilt in the consumers who are slowly but surely becoming more aware of the impacts in their purchases. But it's all marketing based. So just a quick side note, uh, using the word eco-conscious, environmental friendly and vegan doesn't mean the brand doesn't affect the environment as much. It just means they want you to think in other things while they continue doing their unethical practices and maintaining their profit. Okay, so hear me out. I'm not saying this is not a great step forward. If it was up to me, this would be the best news ever. It's just, don't sell an image you don't have. If you really want to make an impact, make real changes. Profits will still continue and it all happen without the damage. Okay, what about the social implications? So, when news appear talking about exploitative working conditions, is there enough attention driven to this? Because personally, I don't think so. Just doing the research for this episode, it made me rethink everything I've ever bought in my life. The truth is, in many countries, labor exploitation is happening without consequence, and there can be a thousand reasons, but overall, there are three. They want they don't have adequate labor laws in that country. Second, the laws aren't being enforced. And third, for our surprise not surprise, there's government corruption. 
So in countries, especially in the global south, where they're competing for foreign investment, they're left with no choice but to push their prices down. And the high demand for fast fashion has only made it 10 times worse. They need hyper-flexible, in other words, explodable workers, which is a demand that is constantly increasing, and this has only led to increasing poverty. So I bet everyone's heard low wages when it comes to workshops or sweatshops. But to put you in perspective, government workers receive 1-3% to of the retail price of an item in wages. This means that for an 8 pound t-shirt, they would receive 24p. I mean, what? We hear stories of inhumane working conditions every time a new sweatshop is discovered. That on a side note, the name is terrible by itself. For those who don't know, sweatshops are tiny, unhuman or workshops, factories that pay terrible and expose their workers to multiple dangers. So these huge brands with revenues around 23 billions, which is just an average, have supply chains that are extremely fragmented. And now all these companies are not unaware of this situation. They know cost reduction processes. Their main way is to outsource. Because the legal minimum wage in most countries is far below the living wage. A living wage is one of that is equivalent to the cost of living in a particular place and allows individuals to meet their needs of themselves and their family. Wages are two to five times less than what they need to live. So a Bangladeshi worker would need to be paid 4.8 times more than their current minimum wage to be able to afford a decent living and almost nine times more to support their family. Same as in India, which needs to be multiplied 2.8 times to reach a living wage. And as if it wasn't enough, they earned it under conditions of long extensive hours of work, overtime, unsafe working conditions, unreachable targets that lead to exaggerated requests, and many sanitary and health issues. So picture the following work application. You would be forced to work seven days a week, 96 hours per week, 14 to 16 hours per day, no health and safety, no ventilation. You're exposed to toxic substances, you can inhale fiber dust, and this is all in a very unsafe building. So when do you start? And this is not new information. Since 2013, when 1,134 workers lost their lives in a textile factory that collapsed in Bangladesh. It has been exposed how terrible the work conditions are in that factory and many others similar to it. To this day, 50 people have died of inhaling blasted sand in sweatshops of jeans from Turkey. And additionally, workers are constantly abused, often threatened with violence if they don't complete their earning time. Now, this information, when I read it, just shocked me to my bones. More than 80% of the women, of the workers in the garment industry, are women. And multiple experience frequent verbal, physical, sexual abuse at work. Here's some data for you. In India, with 60% of the 45 million garment workers being women, it's reported that the one in seven has been raped, abused, and over 60% of women have been intimidated or threatened with violence. To make matters worse, they earn less than men. And I'm gonna leave you 
you can pause that moment in the podcast because it's insane that there is still a gender gap even in those situations and if it was even possible to give a person lower wages women have to experience that on a daily basis investigating this just broke my heart but on top of everything i've told you there is such a thing as child labor so there's an estimate that 117 million children are engaged in child labor which would equal 11 percent of the children in the world and you might ask why is this happening well when you have low cost in products you require low-skill labor that can either be free or the wage which in this case is equivalent to children in south india for example 200 250 girls work under practices which involve sending young girls from very poor families to work in the textile industry and stay there three to five years in exchange of basic wages. Girls are girls from the age of 12, 8, 15 are overworked and live in terrible conditions, which all of that can be classified as modern slavery. Now, of course, I have to talk about COVID because, to be honest, I wanted to make my first episode about it. But as it seems to take over of every aspect of our lives, I might as well just add it to every episode. So, since the start of coronavirus, this very fragile system has been more and more exposed. Then, the emerge of the Pay Up campaign, which has been advocating for government workers since the start of coronavirus. Just for a little bit of background, brands started canceling orders that had already been fulfilled, they refused to pay for already purchased material, and if it was any other business, any other industry, brands are legally contracted to pay for them. So additionally, workers are being fired, suspended, or having to work in unsafer conditions, because it's a pandemic, for even less wages and security for them. And this isn't an overseas overseas situation exclusively. exclusively. Recent evidence demonstrated that the conditions in Leicester's factories, factories, primarily producing for that known company, company, online shopping shopping Google, reported low pay, which is under £3 per hour, hour, and generated a spike in COVID because some of the operations continued despite lockdown, with no secure procedures, not an adequate ventilation, and zero sanity equipment. Now, this whole campaign now, of pay-up has multiple steps intended to change the industry post-pandemic. And, yet, and the most important yet, and fundamental step is the first one, which is, is for these huge corporations to pay, pay up what they owe to their workers. It's as simple as that. They even have a website where you can track who has and who hasn't paid, which I just find lovely because you know exactly who you're paying and what kind of people you're dealing with. And what kind of people you're dealing with. So now let's talk solutions. So if you got to this point of this podcast, you made step one which I believe is the most important. Not listening to my podcast, but informing yourself. 
knowing what's happening, understanding that this is not just a myth or something people invented. It's happening on a daily basis. It's affecting our daily lives and it's affecting our society, our world, everything. Now, this one is quite tricky, but you have to stop believing these huge corporations have control over us. You know what? Consumers are the decision makers. Supply depends exclusively on demand. That's like concept 101 in economics. So if you stop buying two pound clothes, big brands will be forced to change 100%. And I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but boycotting bands is a good step. And making them understand why, it's even better. All these campaigns of who made my clothes and pay up, they're all for a self for a reason. And they make companies, even if they don't care, consider that they don't want to lose profit, we're going to have to act in a way. And we have to demonstrate that greenwashing is not going to do it for us. We might not be completely aware and we might not understand the impact that just buying one t-shirt makes, but it, ha it happens and it's happening daily. So next time you're going to purchase something in a fast fashion just because it's cute, think that you maybe have a replacement in, the, in your closet. Just, or maybe go thrifting, support local businesses, support ethical businesses. There's a ton. Instagram is the best platform to use. So there is information out there, there is chance out there, there is companies that you can support. Don't stop buying into unethical practices. So that's on today's first ever episode of the Business Expresso podcast, which I know has a lot of working to do, but it's my first step. I really hope you enjoyed it. I receive any type of feedback in my Instagram at Business Expresso underlying pod. Please subscribe so you can get my notifications every time I upload. Thank you for listening up today, and I hope to catch up with a cup of coffee next Friday.